0: Dr. R. J. Rushduni, RR 130AB52, Violence as Presumption, Sixth Commandment, Numbers,
1: Num 15,
0: verses 30-31. Our scripture is Numbers 15, verses 30 and 31, and Deuteronomy 17. Verses twelve and thirteen. Violence as presumption. First of all, Numbers fifteen. Thirty and thirty one. Numbers fifteen. Verses thirty and thirty one. But the soul that doeth aught presumptuously, whether he be born in the land or a stranger, the same reproacheth the law, And that soul shall be cut off from among his people, because he hath despised the word of the Lord and hath broken his commandments. That soul shall utterly be cut off. His iniquity shall be upon him. Deuteronomy 17 verses 12 and 13. Deuteronomy 17 verses 12 and 13. And the man that will do presumptuously and will not hearken unto the Lord. Standest to minister there before the Lord thy God, or unto the judge, even that man shall die. And thou shalt put away the evil from Israel. And all the people shall hear and fear, and do more, no more presumptuously. These texts speak of presumption and acting presumptuously as a capital offense. In the first passage, Numbers 15, 30, and 31, we are told that anyone, whether a foreigner or a native, who does ought presumptuously is to be cut off. The second passage makes it clear that cutting off means here not excommunication but the death penalty, and it has reference to the appeal to the Supreme Court, and in the Hebrew Supreme Court there were not only judges but a priest as a member of the court. And if the man then continued his, he continued his presumptuous position, he was to be executed. Now what is the offense that it is that referred to here? What does it mean to act presumptuously? The marginal notes probably will inform you that this means acting with a high hand that it has reference to a denial of law and a defiance of it. Today we would call it revolutionary violence, a revolutionary or an anarchistic position that denies the validity of all law that says we are the law and we will refuse to obey all law and order if it is contrary to our wishes. This was, of course, the essence of Amalek's position, a defiance of God, a religious lawlessness, whereby God was challenged and denied. It is acting presumptuously or with a high hand, raising one's hand in defiance of the Lord, Taking aggressive action against God and His law order. One scholar has said of this passage, in particular Deuteronomy Waller, a Church of England scholar of a century ago, that acting presumptuously means, and I quote, a proud self assertion against the law. The penalty of death arises necessarily out of the theocracy. If God is the king of the nation, rebellion against his law is treason, and if it be proud and willful rebellion, the penalty of death is only what we should expect to see inflicted. Unquote. As we saw two weeks ago in analyzing the passage with respect to Amalek, Exodus seventeen, sixteen.
1: This was
0: Amalek's position. The marginal reading there brought this out. Because the hand of Amalek is against the throne of heaven, therefore the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. That is, because Amalek is presumptuous, its hand is against the Lord. Therefore, God is at war with Amalek in every generation. Now the Amalekites are those, therefore, who raise their hand against all law and order, who deny it in principle, and who seek to undercut the fabric of all law, because they deny in principle that there can be any transcendental law, that is, any law of God, governing them. Today, this is increasingly the dominant position of our society. After all, it is taught in the schools. So that increasingly, this contempt of the idea of law appears on all sides. In the past month, a rather unusual episode occurred here in this state. An organization which was uncovered, which has offices or rather groups in various countries and across the United States in one urban center after another. Is a church which uses narcotics as a part of its religion, and it is also a school, and it calls itself a free university movement, which teaches courses to further the general approach to life, this total lawlessness which characterizes them. This movement has existed for several years. Apart from one man being picked up in Modesto for ordaining soldiers in this movement, the movement has gone untouched all this time until it went into one smaller county that is smaller in population here in this state, San Luis Obispo County. To be near some of their members who were at Camp Roberts they located themselves in the Paso area and of course this was their mistake because with a conservative county they were immediately raided. It was found that they had a tremendous cache of narcotics, that they had a vast amount of leftist literature, they had a free university catalog that came from one of the major urban and educational areas of the united states and among the courses listed in this catalog was a course on cannibalism let me quote from the course prospectus the participants in this co-op should be willing to help obtain some freshly killed human flesh and or prepare it and or eat it. We will meet weekly at a communal Sunday evening meal which we will all help prepare together, everyone cooking their own creations until we can obtain some human flesh. We will first consider the historical and legal status of cannibalism and then go on from there. The first meeting will be February 16, 1969 at 5, 30 p.m. Call the Red Book at the Mid Peninsula Free University and it gives the phone number for information. Unquote. Now, whether or not they actually did this or not is by the way. The significant fact is that this kind of teaching, which stresses the fact that our society has no binding law, the total lawlessness, the total contempt for all the concepts that undergird our culture, this is what is stressed by this movement and many another movements. It could be added this was characteristic of the cynics in ancient Greece also. They advocated similar uh, ideas and cannibalism. Most significant is that 25 years ago had such an, a movement been uncovered, and from the documents seized there at Passover's, it became apparent that it was in every major city across the United States and outside the United States in other countries, it would have hit the front pages in every newspaper across the country. But outside of being in the San Luis County papers and in the Santa Maria paper, there was no notice of this anywhere, which in itself is a most remarkable fact. But the thing that appears behind the ideas of this group and others is a religious principle, a humanistic concept of liberty. The word liberty as well as libertine comes from liber, the Latin free. And the concept of freedom involved in this new idea of liberty is freedom from God. It is not surprising that these groups are very close to the Marquis de Sade. Basic. the position of the Marquis de Sade was this, his ambition and I quote to be innocent by dint of culpability to smash what is normal once and for all and smash the laws by which man can be judged unquote To be innocent by dint of culpability. In other words, for everyone to break the law so totally that the only guilt is to be innocent. To smash totally the idea of what is normal so that the normal, the godly man, is abnormal. That he is the criminal, as it were and to smash every law by which such people can be judged and turn judgment against the moral and the godly. Blanchot has commented with regard to the Marquis de Sade and his concept of man, and I quote, Sadean man denies man And this negation is achieved through the intermediary of the notion of God. He temporarily makes himself God so that there before him men are reduced to nothing and discover the nothingness of being before God. Is it true? It is true, is it not, Prince, that you do not love men? Juliet asked. I loathe them. Not a moment goes by that my mind is not busy plotting violently to do harm. Indeed, there is no race more horrible, more frightful, how low and scurvy, how vile and disgusting a race it is. But Juliet breaks in, do you, you do not really believe that you are to be included among men? Oh no, no. When one dominates them with such energy, it is impossible to belong to the same race. To which San Fran replies, yes, she is right. We are gods. Still, the dialect evolves to further level, levels. Sod's man, who has taken unto himself the power to set himself above men, the power which men madly yield to God, never for a moment forgets this power is completely negative. To be God can have only one meaning, to crush man, to reduce creation to nothing. I should like to be Pandora's box, Sanfon says at one point, so that all the evils which escaped from my breath might destroy all mankind individually. And Vernou says, and if it were true that a God existed, Would we not be his rivals, since we destroyed thus what he has made? Unquote. Thus the goal of the presumptuous man, of these Amalekites, these violent ones, is total destruction. The violent one loves perversity because it is perverse. They love a lie because it is a lie. Their pleasure and power is deception and destruction. I recall one time when a person who had been trusted with some responsibility and then been caught in outrageous lies whereby he had done a great deal of damage when he was confronted with the fact that he had been lying, said with relish and triumph, But I had you all believing it, didn't I? That was the pleasure of the whole thing. To trifle with men. To lead them into illusions. So that for them the ultimate victory is to grind down man and to proclaim the death of God. As Saad said, and if it were true that a God existed, would we not be his rivals? since we destroyed thus what he has made. So this is to be the triumph of humanistic man over God. So you've created this whole wonderful universe, God. Well, we're going to be better than you are. We'll wipe out what you have made. Man must be reduced to nothing... To prove that the Amalekite, the violent one, is the new God supposedly supplanting the dead one. Now scripture declares, as our text made it emphatically clear, that these violent ones, these anarchists, these lawless ones, are to be executed. To deny this law of God and to support the anarchist is to murder the whole of society then in other words god's law faces us with an alternative you either destroy those who are out to destroy society or you are destroyed you either commit suicide or you execute and there is no other alternative Anarchy denies the principle of transcendental law. And therefore God is at war with Amalek in every generation. Now every Amalekite, every violent one, every anarchist hates God, therefore he hates life also. As Proverbs 836 declares, but he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul all they that hate me love death this hatred of life colors all living with humanistic mass it manifests itself in every area and the thing we must recognize today is that the humanistic civilization around us while it talks about loving life and about loving man Hates life and hates man. Listen to the commercials sometimes. For example, there is a baby oil commercial that repeats this sentence over and over again It isn't easy being a baby. It isn't easy being a baby. Now, analyze the mentality behind that commercial. If it isn't easy to be a baby, what a horrible thing it is to be a teenager facing a world of responsibility. And how much more horrible to be an adult with responsibility. And if it isn't easy being a baby, then aren't you just proud going into a tantrum of being young, facing maturity? To tear everything down because before long you're going to have to go out and work and face responsibility and face a world that says you can't have your own way? Now, a generation that listens to that kind of crap track, to give it a polite turn, is certainly headed for trouble. If it isn't easy being a baby, and people listen to that day after day and are conditioned by it, and they get it in education today, what a hard, cruel world. It isn't easy being a baby. How hard it is being a kindergartner, or a first-grader, or a junior high or a senior high student, why it's positively traumatic. And a generation which accepts this idea as it is being accepted today is a generation geared for revolution. It's going to destroy because it will not accept a world where there are any responsibilities, where work is required of man. Thus, violence is bred into our culture today with this kind of philosophy. It is also bred into our generation by the churches. A week ago yesterday, someone reported to me a statement made in a Bible study group, a woman's Bible class in what is supposedly an ultra fundamentalistic group. And it was broadly stated, human needs come before God's law. Human needs come before God's law. Now, if you grant that, then you have granted everything the anarchists and the Marxists hold to. So if you have a group that claims to be ultra-fundamental and teaching the Word of God, affirm this, what's left for the anarchists and the Marxists to teach? We might as well turn the world over to them because, after all, if we believe that in the church, then we had better join the Marquis de Sade and Karl Marx and Bakunin. But our text says that those who are guilty of presumptuous sin must die. When they take the law and declare that it is no law, when they feel that they have the right to be above and beyond the law, either the society exacts the death penalty or God will exact the death penalty finally on that society. You cannot allow total revolution against God and man and survive. Moreover, scripture tells us, all who are guilty of presumption are hated by God. For example, Proverbs 8.13 declares, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogancy in the evil way and the forward are deceitful perverse mouth. Do I hate? God says emphatically that he hates the evil, and he expects us to hate them. To fear God is to hate evil, Proverbs tells us. To love evil, therefore, is to hate God. The humanistic mind today tries to be wiser than God, and it's going to save everybody by loving everybody. And it views the God of Scripture as rather nasty, because he talks about hating the evil. Well, he very emphatically does. And in Proverbs, the first chapter, verses 24 through 33, God declares, Because I have called, and he refused. I stretched out my hand, and no man regarded. But ye have set it not all my counsel, and would none of my reproof i also will laugh at your calamity i will mock when your fear cometh when your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind when distress and anguish cometh upon you then shall they call upon me but i will not answer they shall seek me early but they shall not find me for they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the lord they would none of my counsel. They despise all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear. this passage finally certain things are apparent. God not only hates evil, he laughs at the downfall of the wicked. Now the humanist would say that's very nasty of God, but I prefer God to the humanist. Second, God says that when these people call upon him, he will not answer god says i refuse to be used as an insurance policy or a spare tire now an insurance policy is something we keep just for an emergency a spare tire the same way it's there in the trunk we hope we never have to use it very unpleasant to use a spare tire and many people feel that way about god he's a spare tire I'm better off if I never have to call on him or use him. But if I have to, okay. So I'll I'll carry him along this spare time. And God says, no, I will not be so used. They will call upon me then, and I will not hear them. And finally, whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely, and shall be quiet. men, violent men, who with a high hand seek to destroy all law and order. But in the face of this, our security is the Lord. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we give thanks unto thee for thy word. We thank Thee that as we face a world of Amalekites, of violent men who seek to destroy all law and order, that Thou art our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Make us strong in Thee. Fill us with holy laughter. From the time of destruction comes make us ever mindful, our Father, that thy destruction has as its purpose to prepare the way for thy word, thy kingdom, thy holy government. Make us ever mindful, our Father, that thou art on the throne. In Jesus' name, amen. Are any questions now with respect to our lesson? First of all, yes. What presumption, of? Presumption, a presumption here means to act with a high hand against God and His law order, to deny it. What in the scripture an example is not cited we just have these two passages which cite this but it refers to the kind of thing we have today as revolutionary violence revolutionary anarchism no it's more than breaking the law because all of us at some time break the law if we exceed the speed limit for example we've broken the law but presumption means to say there is no law that binds me i deny that there can be any law except my will it is revolutionary hostility and violence against all law and order and a denial of it in principle a religious denial of it thus a man can commit murder But he still believes that murder is wrong and he accepts the death penalty but the presumptuous man denies that there is any law that can govern him this was the point that dostoevsky brought out in his crime and punishment raskolnikov the hero is a revolutionary anarchist and he denies that there is any law And so he sets out to commit a murder. And he picks a person of complete insignificance to murder just to prove his point that man can do as he pleases with the law and with life because there is no God. And of course the whole story is the fact that he finds that Sonia, who is so contemptible and so stupid by comparison to him, because she as a sinner, a prostitute knows that she is a sinner, is morally superior to him because she knows she is breaking God's law and he denies that there is any law but she has more stability and more strength because at least she knows she's a sinner. <clears throat> what they fail to recognize when they cite that passage is it appears twice and the context makes it clear to us what it means. In one form Jesus says the son of man is greater than the Sabbath himself. Uh, If you'll just look up the passage in a concordance then I believe it appears uh, in the synoptic gospel Uh, so our Lord makes it clear that it is he who is greater than the Sabbath and we, man, redeemed man in Christ who is greater than the Sabbath because the purpose of the Sabbath is to indicate our rest in Christ so that the meaning of the Sabbath, he was saying, is not in your Pharisaic regulations but in me and in my redemption. Yes?
2: It is presumption for the person to be happy for instance that they are not the one who is a certain man who is a great person that is not presumption
0: No, no. That is not presumption because you're grateful to God rather than uh, acting against God. Presumption Simply means to deny God's law in principle and to set yourself as God above the law. It is philosophical and religious anarchism. Yes? What was that? did you hear that yes any other questions everyone has already accepted it. It isn't easy being a baby. How hard it is to be alive. It's a joyless generation. And therefore, being a baby is hard because life is hard. Our age is basically suicidal. And that's why it is so busy committing suicide.
2: Something in that brought me and he knows with it, 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 myself. I was told not long ago that God was about the size of a man, and this somehow or another, where did they get that out of the Bible? They always said there's an image of man who made a God made man his own no
1: image. But I'd always
0: thought
2: of, of God being all in common to him. Yes, you're and, uh, right. And uh, this is a, a Trying to myself god looking like a man. I don't like
0: it. No, that is not biblical. That is Mormonism, basically. Because Mormonism does not believe in any absolute transcendental God. Gods are simply men who have gone into the other world. To be made in the image of God is to be made in knowledge, righteousness, holiness, with dominion over the creatures.
2: Well, not
0: physically, man. No. Yes. Yes,
2: I thought no, all three the law, of through the Jews, the
0: the Jews, the the was the the man to do the Jews, the Jews, the the Jews, the the Jews, the Jews, the 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 together uh, with Jethro at Jethro's council but the priest uh, was a member of the court so that there would be religious counsel in the court and guidance in the decisions but they were not uh, priests only or Levites they were from all tribes our time is just about up and I'd like to share a couple of things with you First, this Wednesday, as I was driving home, I was listening to a news broadcast and heard in the course of the news a little episode about a woman whom I think must be just about the perfect wife. I think it was a broadcast from the Lompoc station. At any rate, uh, according to this news broadcast, some thief presented himself as a gas company repairman checking appliances and uh, knocked at this door and asked to come in and check the appliances and the woman allowed him to come in and then he tried to hold her up and demand her money but she was so panicky she started to scream the top of her voice and he became frightened and ran away she then called the police and uh, when they came and she made a report and gave a description of the man. She concluded by saying, It's a good thing for that rascal that my husband wasn't home when this happened. The woman in question is 93 and her husband 100. (laughs) Then, in the Saturday review for March 15, 1969, I ran across a little... uh, bit of satire which I thought was very uh, amusing you know this is the day of the theater of involvement where the actors try to involve the audience into what's going on well this one is titled blow up tight a play for total audience involvement as last member of audience takes seat doors are slammed shut and hammers are heard nailing them closed on the outside audience titters nervously lights go down until theater is dark whereupon members of the cast dressed only in prosperous green paint begin crawling across the customer's laps whispering put it all together it spells mother i can take my clothes off but it's no fun My draft card will not burn, bend, fold, or staple. What will the pigs do to us next? Didn't I meet you at a Molotov cocktail party? I wish I only hated myself in the morning. Get rid of your filthy, lousy money before it's too late now. Audience titters nervously. Many put their wallets or purses into the ghastly green hands. Lights go up just enough to reveal other members of the cast dressed as stormtroopers, stringing barbed wire around the seating section. Phosphorescent crawlers file out through the last gap just before the barbed wire enclosure is completed. Spotlight reveals leader, front and center. Leader. Like Shakespeare said, use every man after his dessert and who should scape whipping. Stormtroopers unfurl long bullwhips and lash across the wire barricade at the audience. Loud reports from whips cracking a few inches above most customers' heads. Loud reports from customers whose heads were a few inches higher than most. Leader, any complaints? Anybody don't begin to feel like involved? Audience titters nervously. Leader. I get the feeling like somehow you still don't feel really in it. Like you think this is a play and we're playing games. And like you could get out and go back to your stinking, crummy homes, right? A murmur of assent from audience. Leader. Well, that's not what theater's all about, see. It's not make believe. It's part of this blankety blank cruddy world you pigs made. We don't. Tell it like it is. We give you is the spotlight reveal, uh, reveals firing squad ranged on both sides of leader with rifles leveled at audience. Leader to firing squad. Shave off the top of the seat. Customers hit the floor as a volley grazes the top of the seat. Leader. Okay, you pigs got your lousy, stinking money's worth. Anybody still feel they're not having a real theatrical experience? We can afford one more round, even for a matinee crowd. White handkerchiefs flutter here and there above seat tops. Leader, it figures, pigs afraid to live, pigs afraid to die. Well, there's a half ton of dynamite under the floor you're crawling on, and in exactly 20 seconds we're going to blow this place up. Wails of dismay out front. Leader, you'll go down in history as the first totally involved audience. We let you leave this place alive, you'd gripe. We sold you your lousy tickets under false pretenses. We could lose our license. See you in hell, pigs. Panic out front. Leader, sorry we can't join you, but the show must go on. Know what I mean? Entire cast ducks dexterously behind brass proof curtains as explosion uh, demolishes audience section and audience. Now, that, I think, is the logical conclusion of the modern theater. And maybe before too long, at the rate the movies are going to, we'll have the same kind of plot in the movies. And with that happy note, we are adjourned.
1: Authorized by the Calcedon Foundation. Archived by the Mount Olive Tape Library. Digitized by ChristRules. Com.